if you haven't seen me before, my name's Aaron. I was just standing right here just a second ago. Uh, I'm the worship minister here at Venture Church, and I'm very excited to be sharing with you guys this morning in our teaching time. We've been going through this series called Dissecting Sunday, and we're looking at what we do on Sunday mornings and why do we do it. And I have the uh, utmost pleasure to share about a topic that I am extremely passionate about passionate about, and you may not have guessed it, it is music. I really, really love music, everything about it. Um, I've been playing music since I was about 12 years old. I learned guitar and uh, drums and bass shortly after. I love playing music. I love listening to music, talking about music. Um, Just anywhere I can get music, I just want to listen to it. (laughs) But uh, this morning, as as we talk about music, I mean, Music is, is everywhere. I mean, whether you're, you're going shopping through the mall or whatever restaurant you're going to go to for lunch, there's going to be music playing overhead, you know, just to kind of create an atmosphere. If you're in your car, you have the radio. You can turn it on, listen to talk radio, or turn it off, what I like to do, and then put my phone in because I like to control what I listen to. But that's just me personally. Um, but music is everywhere we go. I mean, everything we watch, too. When you watch movies, when you watch TV shows, you know, sometimes people write scores for specific scenes of movies to create this, this point they're trying to make. They want to uh, kind of uh, create the point with, with using emotions in it and everything. And so when you're watching a TV show and it's getting anxious, you know, they have kind of like this anxious music. And without it, man, it's just completely different. Like this morning I want to show a clip is one, from one of my favorite movies. It's called Pirates of the Caribbean. Any Pirates of the Caribbean fans? Yeah, right on. Johnny Depp's one of my favorite actors. But we have a scene. Now this is the original music is the first one, okay? It's like this triumphant and victorious, like he's coming up and he's just proud to be on his trusty ship, even though it does sink eventually. Um, but let's, let's check this scene out with the original score. Watch this real quick. All right, so triumphant, victorious, they wrote the score specifically for that, and you can kind of feel it. It's good. What if the producers wanted to make this into a comedy? Let's check this out. That's the best comedy ever. I want to see that Pirates of the Caribbean, for real. So we can see how music, just by changing that same exact scene, nothing was said, but just the change of music just brought this different persona in it. And within music, uh, there's singing. You know, there's, there's something that we can bring to the table. You know, people can learn instruments and play them, but each one of us have a specific and unique voice that God gave us. You know, we sing 
in the most strangest of places. I mean, when you go to sporting events, fans are shouting at the top of their lungs their fight song of like crushing their opponents. Or you go to uh, like New Year's Eve parties or Christmas time, weddings and funerals. We sing everywhere. And then there's the every single time it reaches your birthday and people sing you happy birthday, which I personally do not like. But at least you get a sombrero on your head and free fried ice cream because that's, I mean, that's good. Fried ice cream is good. I like it. (laughs) But, uh, this morning, I know when, when I'm talking about the topic of music and me being a musician and I, I like playing guitar and singing with you guys, I understand that you guys might not be as passionate as I am, and that's, that's totally okay. I want you to know that, but I hope that, that as, we, as we talk about music and, and why it matters to God and why we sing in our church, I hope you can see that there is a big value that singing has to God in, in His heart, and so it should have a place in our heart as well. And every week at Venture, when we approach questions, life's most important questions, we want to look to the Bible for the answers to those. And I want to invite you guys to take out your Bible if you brought it with you. If you didn't, that's okay. We have Bibles spread out um, in the, uh, under the seats around the room. If you don't have an easily readable Bible, please take one of these home um, with you because we want you to have an easily readable Bible that is easy to understand and you can get into God's Word. But if you want to take it out and turn to the book of Colossians, it's in the last third of the Bible um, called the New Testament, and it's a, a letter letter from Paul. And as we're going through the the Bible, um, there's over 400 references, over 400 references to singing in the Bible. And over 50 of those references are commanding us to sing. Now, we're not going to go over all 400 because you guys would be like, dude, I'm going to check out. i got lunch time. This guy's too passionate about music. Um, We're only going to go over a couple. But there's over 400 references to singing. Over 50 of those are commanding us to sing. And so one we're going to go through this morning is one of my favorite books called Colossians, like I told you before. It's going to be Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. And Paul, he's the writer of this book. He is writing to the church in Colossae, and he's just encouraging them. As, as a church uh, experiences struggles, um, he's just encouraging them and reminding them of the gospel and of the good news. And one big part of this chapter is uh, how a Christian or a Christ follower should live. So let's pick up chapter 3, verse 15 of Colossians. Here we go. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful that the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, it's a very famous verse, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the God the Father through Him. So there's one one of the 50 commands to sing right there in Colossians. But we have a lot more description than to just sing. He doesn't just say, hey, just sing when you gather around. He says, sing with gratitude in your hearts. He says, let the message of Christ dwell within us as we sing. In order to help with this topic of music and singing and why we do it on Sunday mornings, I want to refer back to week one of the series. Do you guys know what we talked about week one in Dissecting Sunday? Anybody? Worship. Yes, uh, worship. We talked about worship. Chris talked about how we were all created to worship something or someone. And uh, Tim Keller, a a preacher I like to listen to often, uh, he says it this way about worship. He says, everyone worships something. The only choice you get is what to worship. Sin has caused our affections to stray, propelling us to worship relationships, achievement, and work. Everything but God. 
So we all choose. We can all choose what we worship and what to worship. And singing to God goes hand in hand, hand in hand with worship. And God ultimately wants us to worship him only. In the words of Jesus, he got asked while he was on this earth, uh, somebody came to him and said, teacher, teacher, what is the greatest commandment of them all? And Jesus says this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Jesus plainly tells them flat out, worship God with everything that you are, everything that you are. And so when we sing songs of praise, what, what is singing? What is this time? What did we just do? We're singing songs to, the pray, to praise the Lord, and in that very moment, we're worshiping him. We're declaring to him that, God, I love you, and your name is great, and with all my heart, soul, and mind, I want to sing. And if music is meant to stir our emotions, you know, like we just saw before, I mean, just the change of a song completely changes how we're feeling, then it should be said that singing is an emotional event. Singing to God is an emotional event. And so when I say the word emotional, I don't want you to think just crying or sadness. You know, there's, there's other emotions than what Nicholas Sparks puts in his movies, okay? Um, when I say emotional, there's, there's great emotions. There's happiness. There's joy. There's peace. There's reverence. There's gratitude. And so when we're singing... We're supposed to be singing with gratitude in our hearts. And Jesus pinpoints three unique areas of our life. He just tells that gentleman that asked that question, what's the greatest commandment? He says, with all of our hearts, being our emotions, all of our soul, our spirit, how we connect with God, and our mind, being our physical bodies. With everything that we are, we sing to the Lord. And when we sing to him, we're tapping into all of those senses, all of those three parts, and authentically just offering it to God through song. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. It's important to know also when, when we sing, it's, it's about God. Um, and I, I, I'm guilty of this at times, but it's always about God. It's not about how I feel or what I get out of it, or what, what happens to me through worship, because if that was the case, if it was what Aaron gets out of worship, then it would be like if I married my wife so that she could clean and cook and take care of me so I can just do whatever I want. And those who are married, you know, that's not how it works at all. Um, and I'm learning that more and more. But, <clears throat> um, love you, honey. So, uh, I, when we worship, it is all about God. It's all praising Him and glorifying Him and it's easy at times, just like marriage, to get distracted from that love. It's in, in times where I'm, I'm standing on the stage or even at times at my house when I'm worshiping or praising God, I get distracted. I, my mind is just in a completely different place or like my heart just isn't in it. It just it doesn't feel genuine or I uh, just don't feel connected with God in that moment. And maybe you have that feeling sometimes. Maybe just what we're saying, you're kind of Maybe just in a, on another planet, you've got a lot of bills that are just stacking up and you don't know what to do. Or there's just hardships and relationships and marriage and things going on at work. And you're just, you just feel disconnected. And it's tough sometimes to get past those distractions. But the wonderful thing about singing is singing gathers attention of all of our senses, our mind, our soul, and our spirit. Our mind, soul, and our heart. And we get to direct all that to God and to praise his name. And if you're like me, in my mind, I like to know the why. 
not only the what. I mean, knowing what we do, okay, that's, that's great, you know, uh, knowing that, you know, we just sang songs and, and what purpose that serves, but the why, what purpose it serves. Why do we sing? And you guys may have this question, why do we stand? Why do people raise hands? Why do people uh, uh, shout? Why do people uh, just sing in general? Like, why of all things? Why don't we just come here, listen, and then leave? Like, why do we sing? And I hope as we continue going on this morning that you can walk away with a, a great understanding of why we sing and why we should sing constantly. So when it comes uh, to the Bible and Scripture, to come right out the gate, the first reason why we sing is because it's part of obeying and honoring God. Throughout his, his word, like I mentioned uh, before, 400 references to singing and over 50 of them commanding us to sing, telling us to sing, it's part of obeying and honoring God. It's what he wants. Let's look at some other words from our, our friend Paul. He wrote Colossians. He also wrote Ephesians. In the book of Ephesians 5 to the church in Ephesus, he says, 518, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit and addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In this passage, the same thing as Colossians, he talks about gratitude, he talks about giving thanks, that it should be on our heart always. And another passage um, from King David, who is often called the man after God's own heart, um, Psalms 150, he says this, Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with timbrel and with dancing. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. To praise the Lord. And what a wonderful passage. Psalm, just in case you didn't know, Psalm is, is a, uh, a Hebrew, or our English translation of the Hebrew word called Tehillim. And Tehillim literally translates book of songs. So when you're reading the book of Psalms, songs, Psalms, uh, it's, it's literally a book of songs. And David uh, wrote about half of them, and, and Moses and Solomon wrote some as well. So if you want to look at, at more songs and references of singing, I encourage you to read Psalms. It's a great, great book in the Bible in the Old Testament. So there's value in singing because our God wants to. David, who is after God's own heart, talks about singing to the Lord constantly. And like the words that we read before in Colossians from our friend Paul, says this, that the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. I love this. Let Christ's word dwell in our hearts richly. You know, singing is not just to set up the sermon or to just have some cool flashy part during our service. Um, It's not even only about just obeying God, although we do want to do that. But it is a way to have the word of the Lord dwell in our hearts. To learn his truth and his glory and learn his grace. It's like take-home theology. You know, three to four minute song. I mean, you're listening to a song on the radio and it gets stuck in your head for the rest of the day. What if we listen to songs that were glorifying God that got stuck in our, our heads the rest of the day and learn an important truth about Scripture? 
So another big thing of why we sing on Sunday is because through melody and through music, we can learn more about God than just listening to words. You know, just me getting up here and speaking sometimes doesn't create the effect or, or really uh, just convey the whole truth of God. And so singing does that. So, adventure. We specifically choose songs that glorify God. We specifically choose songs that are either from Scripture or are biblical truths that we want to learn. I want to put one on the screen called Made Alive. We do hear very often. I really enjoy this song, and I hope you guys do as well. Um, it's, a band, it's by a band called Citizens and Saints. Um, they're a great band, and a lot of their songs um, are straight from the Bible. Um, they either take some verses and take them into a song, or they literally, uh, you know, just make a verse into a melody. And so if you haven't heard of Citizens and Saints, I really encourage you to check them out. If you want to talk to me after the service, I'd love to give you band names um, that are great, great songwriters that glorify God. There are many out there. There's rap music, there's rock, there's metal. I mean, there's all kinds of genres that glorify God. So if you want more music, please let me know. I'd love to talk to you about it. But this song, Made Alive, comes right out of the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, and it's one of the most important biblical scriptures we could live by, or what, what Jesus has done for us. Let's, let's read this together, Ephesians 2, 4 through 8. It says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith and it is not from yourselves but it is the gift of God. What a wonderful truth. What a wonderful thing to memorize and to believe in our hearts. And so this song... I want to sing it right now. Is that cool with you guys? Cool? Yeah. You can sing it if you want to. If you don't, that's all right. That's totally cool. But just to show you what happens when we put a melody to this truth right here. Here's the chorus right here. You have bought. You have bought me back with the riches of your amazing grace and relentless love. I'm made alive forever with you, life forever by your grace. I'm saved by your grace. I'm saved. Whoa, anybody? Yeah, shout a praise. I love it. I love it. That's good. If you don't know that song, I hope you come back on a time when we sing it. It's a great song. But that important biblical truth just made into a song. We're made alive in Christ, and by grace, we are saved. What good news do we have from our, our Father? So when we put things together, or put words with a melody, we can easily memorize them. Think about uh, the ABCs. When you know the ABCs, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, there's a melody there. Or the, the, uh, the song I don't like, the happy birthday song, happy birthday. There's a melody, and you'll never forget that for the rest of your life. Or my favorite, anybody want, now this is a story all about how my life got twisted. And I was, like, I'm going to be 85 like, on my deathbed, and I'll be still singing that song. Like, just, <laughs> this is going to be great. I'm never going to forget it. But when it goes from just words to more of a melody and song and music. It goes from left brain to right brain. I mean, doctors have proved that even with patients with Alzheimer's, when, when they hear songs, another part of their brain lights up and they could forget their spouse. They could forget where they live, their address, their phone number, but they can remember a song that they haven't heard in 25 years. 
And it's, it's amazing of how God made our brains. He made us to be people who respond to music and respond to singing. What a wonderful thing. The third reason of why we sing on Sundays, why we should sing throughout the week and praise God through song, is found in chapter 3 of Colossians as well. A little bit before of what we read. So Paul is encouraging the church in Colossae, and he's telling them to set our minds on things above and not on earthly things. He says this in verse 5 through 10. He says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways and the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such uh, things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in in knowledge in the image of its creator. Like we just read in Ephesians, through the death and resurrection of Christ, when we're baptized in his name, we're made alive in him. The old is gone and the new is here. And so Paul is saying, guys, when you become a new, a new creation, don't stick to those old ways. Like God has made you new. He's brought you peace. He's brought you joy. Don't go back to those things that are going to draw you away from him. And in Colossians, again, 3.15, from, from throwing off the, the old self, he says this, Therefore, let the message of Christ, in verse 16, dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. Wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. What a wonderful thing about singing to God is it removes our selfishness. It puts off our old self. We stop thinking about me, and we start putting our focus on God and giving Him control. So through songs, we can mentally, emotionally, and spiritually draw near to the Lord. And worship him at the foot of the cross. And if I'm thinking about the Lord, if I'm praising the Lord truly and honestly, what am I not thinking about of? I'm not thinking about Aaron. If I'm praising and singing to the Lord and and praising his goodness, I'm not thinking of my works. And if I'm giving glory to God and his goodness and all the things that he's done, I'm not thinking of my accomplishments. I'm resting on his power and his goodness. It puts my mind in the right place. It takes me from my old self to where God does not want me to go, but brings me to his presence and his goodness, where's the right place where my mind should be and our mind should be as well when we sing. There's a story in Acts, a really, really powerful story that I want to share with you guys. Um, Paul as well, in the book of Acts and chapter 16, um, him and Silas are, are walking uh, through the city. And Paul um, sees this woman who's demon-possessed, casts it out in Jesus' name, and then the city uh, basically hates them for it. And they throw Paul and Silas in jail for trying to heal this woman and actually bring something good out of it. And let's pick up in in Acts 16, 22, and let's see how this, this story turns out. It says this, The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, 
Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. Nobody has left. And the jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and before Silas. And then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? That was his first question from a trembling earthquake and then praising God. He said, what must I do to be saved? I see your God has power to deliver you from things. What must I do to be saved? Paul replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to them and, and to all others in his household. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Washed their wounds and then immediately he and all of his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. Wow. I know that wasn't on the screen. I'm sorry about that. But wow, Paul and Silas were thrown into jail. The city shackled them up for doing something great, for casting this demon out in Jesus' name. And by singing God and praising God, they were delivered from their captivity, from God doing miracles. And the jailer jailer saw the power of God through it and fell to his knees trembling. And later he was saved along with his whole household. The first thing they did, their first reaction, they they were held captive, shackled by their feet. And they praised and prayed to God even though they were in probably one of the worst situations they could have been. I've never been in jail before, but I would lose my mind. I mean, but the first thing they did was to pray and sing to God. What do you do when all hope is lost? When you've seen the end of yourself, when you've seen the end of your strength, what do you do when when the relationship is failing or your work isn't really turning out what you wanted it to be or that paycheck really isn't paying everything? What do you do? Because God ultimately wants to bless us. He, he ultimately wants to provide for us. And so we should pray and we should sing to his name because he is good and he is worthy of our praise. So there's some reasons of why we sing on Sunday. Because he's good. We are obeying his word. Because it helps us memorize scripture. Because it kills temptation. It removes us from ourselves and puts our focus on God because God is with us when we sing to him. And our posture when we sing, there's a direct correlation with that from our, from our inner self. I mean, think about a sport event. If you've ever been to a sport event and, and you're, you're rooting for your team and they're up, what do you do? Yeah, they're up, they're up, they're up, they're up, score a touchdown or score a goal or whatever sport you're watching at the time. I'm not a sports guy, so just whatever. The goal or something. I'm a musician. I mean, I'm not really that guy. But what do you do? I mean, you're like, yes, we're, we're in it. We're winning it. It's great. We're in the playoffs or, or a Super Bowl thing. Um, but if... <laughs> If, uh, if you're winning, man, you are so pumped. Your hands are in the air. It's a natural reaction to rejoice. And the opposite, if you're losing, I mean, your, your posture is not this right here. You're like, oh my gosh, this coach. I mean, they should have fired him already last year. I just, they, should, they should have gone with the other guy, whatever his name was. I don't know. But, you know, our posture directly correlates with our inner self. And so when we approach God, there's some different postures we can take when we sing. 
you know, standing is, is a great way of respect. You know, when I know a lot of times, uh, if you've ever been to, uh, to court for, for whatever reason, when the judge walks in, all rise, you stand out of respect and you sit back down. Or when the bride walks in the room on the wedding day, you stand out of respect. Same thing with the president. There's just a sense of respect for standing when somebody comes in the room who has high authority. So one reason why I ask you guys to stand is not because I just want you to stand, but I think it puts our mind, hey, we're singing to God. We don't need to just be sitting back and relaxing but we're approaching the creator of the universe. So there's different things we could do. We can raise our hands. And raising hands is, is a universal symbol of surrender. So a lot of times during songs, they'll either have words saying, we, we lift our hands and surrender, or I'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned. That's another song by Hillsong. You know, there's different words that encourage us to raise our hands because we're telling God not only with our mouth, but we're showing God, God, you are in control and I am not. God, just take control of my life. No matter what's going on, no matter my baggage, no matter my shortcomings or my failures, you are good, and I give you control. So that's one way we can worship and sing is with our hands raised. Another way is uh, one I'm, I'm uh, slowly learning more about is, is uh, something Daniel did very often. Daniel was a prophet in the Old Testament, and we, we did a series on him a little while ago. Um, but very often, he would go in a quiet place and kneel down. And he pray. And there's something about being on your knees that just changes your, your heart in the moment. Because you're lowering yourself before God. You're showing him that he is greater than we are. And so this is another way we can worship. We can raise our hands. We can just stand and sing. We can get on our knees and sing or pray. And one of my favorites is to, to rejoice with a shout. Or to rejoice with just a fist in the air and say, God, you're good. And you have won. You are victorious over my weaknesses. You are strong over them all. And so there's times in the song that we just sing Made Alive, and there's a shout that says, whoa! At that time, I love just putting a fist in the air and just rejoicing and just believing, God, you're good. You're great. Not I, but you are. And so it's a great way to worship through raising hands, through kneeling down, or with a fist in the air, just showing God, God, you've won my heart. And I want to sing to you. I want to take time out of my week, my Sunday morning, instead of sleeping in or doing whatever else I could do. I want to come here and gather together as a church and sing to him with believers as well. Or people who are just learning more about God. And that's okay too. I'm glad you're here if you're new here. When I was 12 years old, um, I had a life-changing experience. Um, my father uh, was, was a very great man. Um, very respectful. He taught me. Um, you know, when, uh, when, when he, either he is talking to me or an adult is talking to me to look them in the eyes. He, he would never let me speak to him without looking to him in the eyes. Or uh, there's times when I wouldn't say no, sir, or yes, sir, and he just wouldn't respond. He said, no, you respond to me with yes, sir, or no, sir. And it, just, it built this sense of respect, and man, I loved him so much. And uh, when, when I was 12, he passed away um, from a cancer called sarcoma in three months. Um, his life was taken, and um, I have a lot of memories, a lot of good things, a lot of times where he spanked me too. Uh, I needed it. <laughs> I needed it, to be honest. Uh, I have a lot of memories. I have a lot of pictures of times of trophies that um, we won together playing, playing soccer. He was, he was my coach, but I have this right here, which is my favorite. This is his guitar. Um, my mom actually just told me this morning that this guitar is over 45 years old. didn't know that. It's pretty crazy. Um, he got this guitar when he was 13. And uh, uh, there, there would be 
very often around our house that he would just pull out the guitar and just start playing. Whatever it was, um, I remember a specific moment um, actually sitting down on my dad's waterbed, more like sloshing on it because you can't really just sit on a waterbed. Um, and uh, he would, he would uh, just try to teach me chords. And I remember the first chord I learned was an E chord. I learned was an E minor. It's a sad chord, guys. Why did he teach me that? It should have been E major. Happy, sad, power music. It's good. So um, he taught me E minor, and uh, I learned many chords uh, after that time. But I remember times where he would, he would just play some of the goofiest songs. I have no clue where they came from. No clue. But they would just make me giggle to no end, man. Just songs with random lyrics. And I would just, I'd love it. I'd eat it up. And there's times where he would just be playing in his closet of all places. And he'd be practicing for that Sunday when he's playing guitar. Um, he just, he loved playing either music or he loved praising the Lord or being in the Word. It set such a good example for me. And I would, I would have loved to one day be able to show him like the songs I've learned or the chords that I've learned or um, just the things that I've written about him or to him. And um, what's really cool about our Heavenly Father is that we get to do that anywhere we go. We get to approach our Heavenly Father and we get to sing to him and we get to tell him, and I love you, God. You know, the times where I fall short and I just fall flat on my face, you know, whatever happens in life, whatever negative or downfall or slope you're in, like our God is always faithful. He's always good. We learned that in these passages before. But through music, it's not just words. It's more than just words. It's a song. It's a melody. It's something that goes from left brain to right brain. And it's more than just scripture. We're proclaiming to God that he is good and mighty above all. So it's fitting. I wanted to end this talk with a song, one of my favorite, favorite hymns. Um, I grew up singing hymns every now and then, and this is one that I learned. I want to read you guys the words. We're just going to read them. And then after that, if you know it, sing along. If you don't, that's totally okay as well. Um, but this is just, just puts plainly the difference between just saying words and then singing them. It says this, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. To worship you, O oh my soul, rejoice. And take joy, my King, in what you hear. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. I'm going to show you the power of a melody and the power of singing to God. If you want to sing with me, please sing with me. And I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you, O my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. May it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Let's lift up a shout to God and praise Him for His goodness. Woo! Guys, let me pray for us this morning. God, you are mighty and you are good. 
and through prayer, I can't just simply address how amazing you are. I need more ways through music or through actions, through blessing you, through giving to people or sacrificing my time. Because God, you've given everything for me. You've given everything for me so that I could have a life beyond my sin, beyond my doubts and my fears. God, please help us in our times of need. Please help us in the times where we need strength and we go to other things of this world. God, please help us to know that you are good and that you want to provide for us, but we need to ask, we need to approach you. So God, I thank you for grace. And I thank you for Jesus and the sacrifice that he made. And I thank you for this church and the time that we could get together and we could sing and praise your name because you are good and you are worthy of every time that we approach your throne. God, I love you and ask all these things in your wonderful and your precious name. Amen.